Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice. Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace. Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. I'm very excited about our next guest because his piece in The Federalist is tackling a question that a lot of people are asking right now, which is, does Nikki Haley really have broad electoral appeal or is this just something that we're hearing from her campaign and from the media and actually i should add from democrats which should make you suspicious right off the bat uh john davidson from the federalist joins us now john can you uh, set up here what you broke down in this piece and what the argument that's being made for nikki haley and why you're not really believing it yeah, exactly, Grace. As you just mentioned, there's this idea, mostly put out there by Democrats and the Haley campaign, that she's this crossover figure who can bring more Democrats into the Republican tent. She can appeal to the coveted independent voters who are neither Republican nor Democrat, and that she's the way to beat Joe Biden in November because of this broad electoral appeal that she supposedly has. I think that's totally a lie. And it's not borne out by anything that we actually see in the polling data of what actual voters say they like about Haley or don't like about Haley or why they're supporting her. Uh, in fact, I think that her appeal, such as it is, among the GOP primary electorate is mostly driven by Democrats and independents uh, and sort of uh, post-Republican never-Trumpers who are switching party affiliations and essentially infiltrating these open Republican primaries like they have in New Hampshire to goose Nikki Haley's numbers and make it seem like she has this broad electoral appeal, which which she really doesn't. Yeah, it's like a spite vote. She's getting a lot of people who want to spite Donald Trump. And then the question becomes, OK, well, you you will get them right now in this primary in New Hampshire, probably not in the, the numbers they're they're hoping for. But you will get people who, like you said, want to goose the numbers. That doesn't mean that you're bringing those people into the tent when it comes to the general election. Absolutely. And, and this is I mentioned poll numbers just now. That's what that's what a lot of the polling and also just sort of the, you know, shoe leather journalism in Iowa showed as well that that huge numbers of Haley supporters uh, also say that they will vote for Joe Biden in the general election or that they would vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump in the general election. So these are not people who are being brought into the GOP. Remember, Donald Trump in 2016 basically broke down and remade the GOP and turned it from an establishment D.C.-centric party into a more populist right party uh, and fundamentally changed it away from the kind of politics that Nikki Haley specifically represents. And so when you say you're going to bring people into the GOP, like that's not the GOP as it actually exists now. You know, uh, like it or not, the party has been transformed Donald Trump actually did bring in Democrats, but he brought in Democrats who were totally disaffected and disillusioned with the Democratic Party 
and a lot of folks who hadn't voted in many, many years. I remember in 2016 talking to people in the Rust Belt, you know, in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan, who hadn't voted since Nixon, and they were coming out to vote for Donald Trump. That's not what's happening with Nikki Haley. John, what I love about your writing is sometimes I'll have this idea in my head and I can't put it into words. And then you'll have one sentence and I go, that's exactly what I've been thinking. And the sentence in this column is there's a very real sense in which appealing to the other side is a liability, not an asset. What do you mean by that? Yeah, exactly. What I mean by that is that since one of the things Donald Trump helped to do, and this was happening before Trump, but he really sped the process along. This has been happening for, for decades, I would argue, in American politics. There's an ideological sorting that's going on right now in which the parties are actually more represented of the ideologies of voters than they have been in the past. So you, we don't really have blue dog Democrats anymore, like conservative Democrats. Most of the people who identify as Democrats are also like left-wing ideologues, and there's and there's not really any more you know really liberal you know liberal Republicans like there used to be with like you know Rockefeller in the '70s or you know essentially East Coast Northeast Republicans like you had in the '70s and '80s. Those are those are gone. Those people are Democrats now. So this ideological sorting means that party identification oftentimes is also ideological identification. And so a lot of people who self-identify as Democrats, they support abortion and gun control uh, and, and open borders and, and all these things, and, you know, and, tra- and transgenderism and all these things that are, are really not in the Republican Party anymore. And, and, and the same is true in the other direction. And so do we really want you know, people who have ideas that undermine what the GOP represents and the views of GOP voters coming into the party? N- not really. That, that's not really you know, the future of the party. That's not how you want to expand the tent because you're allowing people in who want to undermine what the party has come to represent. Yeah, it actually makes me think of when Sarah Huckabee, now Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, was responding to Biden's State of the Union address. And she said it it comes down to it's not Republican or Democrat. It comes down to sane and insane. And what you're kind of saying is Nikki Haley's looking at all of us and going, hey, you know, I'm really appealing to all of the insane voters. And we're kind of going, that's not the argument you think it is. Yeah, exactly. We, we, we don't want the insane voters. We don't want to compromise, especially at a time when, when, when I think the Trump years did a lot, as I said, to, to align a kind of, you know, a MAGA or America first or really like conservative populist values with the Republican Party, which, you know, obviously take somebody like Mitch McConnell. He is in no sense is he like conservative or aligned with most Republican voters. He represents kind of the, the Republican Party of the past, the country club Republicans who really don't care about things like abortion or culture war issues like transgenderism. They really just care about, you know, serving the interests of multinational corporations and the, and the defense industry. That's the Republican Party of the past. And, and a lot of voters are not interested in returning to the past. And as you say, not interested in appealing to the insane people. We'd like them to stay in the Democrat Party and 
and they can have Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, and you write in this piece, you say, if they support your candidacy, maybe you're on the wrong side. And you're right, Nikki Haley keeps bragging about all the support she's getting. And it makes you think, you know, if these are the people that are supporting you, maybe maybe you're doing something wrong. John, another part of this that you talk about is something I heard a lot over the weekend when I was watching Nikki Haley and some of her campaign surrogates explaining that any shots Trump takes at her are because he's afraid. And, and you know, I get that. That's something you'd say in politics. The only reason he's attacking me is because he's afraid that I'm that I'm stronger than him and that I'm, I'm actually doing a lot better than the polls suggest. You think the explanation is simpler? Yeah, I think he's taking he's taking shots at her, obviously, because she's the only, uh, you know, viable primary uh, opponent that he has right now. But also because, you know, listen to what she says. The things she says are things that Democrats say. She represents she does not represent views, certainly not of Republican primary voters, but she doesn't even represent the views of most Republican general election voters. So. To attack Nikki Haley is to attack the Democrat Party positions on a whole host of issues from Ukraine to the border to, you know, as I said, you know, culture war issues. She's on the wrong side of all these issues. So to, to, to attack her on, on the, the actual positions that she has on these policies is, is part and parcel of running his campaign against Joe Biden and the Democrats, because that's really kind of the, the version of republicanism that she represents, as I say, is not the republicanism that we have today. It's it's really a, a Democrat light, if you will. Now, John, I know your piece is all about Nikki Haley and Donald Trump, but I do want to ask you before we leave here, what do you think is going to happen with Biden? He's he's pushing for this write-in campaign in New Hampshire. Do you think that they mishandled this? Uh, the Democrats haven't sanctioned this primary in New Hampshire. They're waiting for South Carolina. But it does seem like his his team is a little bit nervous that this could be embarrassing for him if it doesn't work out. Yeah, I, I think that uh, in the end, you know, we're going to see uh, the Democrat primary kind of, such as it is, fizzle out. Joe Biden, you know, he, he may be on death's door. He may be, uh, you know, have a, a pudding for brains and be dementia addled. But he is the president. He is the incumbent. Uh, and, and that goes a long way in these primaries. We kind of saw, you know, early on in 2020, the same kind of thing with Donald Trump. There were a few challengers. But it fizzled out. And my guess, I, I am not, uh, especially not after 2016, in the uh, predictions business, but my guess would be that it fizzles out uh, and, and that and that nothing comes of, of these Democrat primary challenges. The, the real thing to watch for, I think, on the Democrat side is uh, does something happen to Joe Biden, you know, sort of physically, medically? Is he able to campaign? Is he, is he able to do it or does he have a medical event? And at that point, all bets are off. John Daniel Davidson, we thank you so much for your time. Uh, I put this on the website today, gracecurlyshow.com. You can click on the link to The Federalist to read this. It's a really, really great breakdown of what's happening in New Hampshire, which we are all obviously watching very closely. John, let people know where they can follow you on Twitter as well. Uh, Yeah, I'm back on Twitter at John D. Davidson and, of course, at thefederalist.com. Yeah, John was off for for a while, actually. A a long Twitter ban for John Davidson. Uh, Thank you very much, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. We will take your calls on this when we come back. A lot of people want to talk about Nikki Haley. Again, I don't know how I have avoided the Nikki Haley text messages. Because I'm telling you right now, 
Every day I get text messages from all different candidates, all different companies. My inbox is full of messages from like the Gap, the Banana Republic. And yet I'm the only person on planet Earth who is not being inundated with Nikki Haley flyers or texts or anything like that. So, I mean, knock on wood, I don't want to ruin it. But we'll take your calls on what you think is going to happen with uh, Nikki Haley and Donald Trump in New Hampshire tomorrow. All eyes are on the Granite State. And, you know, it's an interesting thing about New Hampshire because you do get such you, you get such a mix of political ideology there. And I think there's a few reasons for that. But it's a very unique place. Like, first of all, you have people who live in New Hampshire, but they might still commute into Boston. I know people who do that. They're still part of the big liberal city life. Uh, Then you have people who are more MAGA country. They live off the grid. They're more into the rural, you know, live free or die type of living situation. And they really connect to the MAGA side of the conservative party. And then I think another element, another factor to not forget is you also have people who have left Massachusetts. I'm sure my listeners in Massachusetts have family members or can relate to this where people leave Massachusetts and they like what they see in New Hampshire. They prefer the taxes. They prefer maybe the great outdoors. They they prefer the way of life there. And so they leave Massachusetts and they go to New Hampshire. They flee there. They escape to New Hampshire. But some people escape to New Hampshire and they bring their voting habits with them, which will never cease to amaze me. So with all of these different things brewing in this one state, it always makes it fascinating to watch when it comes to uh primary day 844-500-4242 get on the lines we'll take your calls right now though i want to talk about my favorite thing which is steak you you can't beat a delicious steak and this time of year jared this time of year is perfect you get a nice glass of red wine a nice juicy steak everyone cooks theirs up differently i like a cast iron when i say i like it that's how i like my husband to make it but no matter how you like to prepare your steak or your burgers or your hot dogs, the most important thing is getting good quality products. And that is what Omaha Steaks can deliver and better yet can deliver right to your front doorstep. Yeah, we, uh, like I said last week, we we used up the last of our Omaha Steaks. I've got a new order coming in. And, uh, you know, we had to do supermarket chicken last night, which just, we ended up like basically putting it in a crock pot and shredding it because it would, would you know what else are you going to do with it and plus uh, now you was, know you know yeah, what you can I get know, with omaha steaks i know what good chicken tastes like yeah, and that's this tough. it it would it that's the the chicken the air chilled chicken from omaha steaks tastes like chicken like you think you've eaten chicken but if you haven't had good chicken and that is good chicken it's hard to go back and you know what else is good free chicken yeah. because with this deal omahasteaks.com slash grace you're not only getting delicious air chilled chicken you're also getting four free air chilled boneless chicken breasts four free rich juicy boneless pork chops but jared is right this is like flowers for algernon i'm warning you guys once you go omaha steaks you are going to realize that you have not been eating the best quality products that you could you're not eating the best quality meats and that's what omaha steaks is you're going to get delicious chicken delicious steak delicious hot dogs delicious hamburgers everything is so good it's delivered right to your door for an unbelievable price so go to omahasteaks.com slash grace to score four free chicken breasts and four free pork chops with your order start loving every bite today order now minimum purchase may apply 
Again, omahasteaks.com. Don't forget to do the slash grace to get all those freebies. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. We got people on the lines who want to talk New Hampshire. And, of course, the general is always on people's minds, the general election. We're taking your calls. And at some point today, I am going to talk about Fanny. I know it's it's... I guess it's technically, is it funny? Is that, that's what yeah, I've been that's hearing. Yeah, kind of going around. Um, no. There's some pronunciations, Jared, where I trust my gut, and I'm going fanny. But before we get to that, uh, let's go to the callers here. Lori, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Lori. Hi, Grace. How are you? I love your show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Lori. What's going on? I, I'm supporting Nikki Haley, and um, I'm not... A Democrat in the least. I'm very conservative. I voted for Donald Trump twice. I will never vote for Joe Biden ever. But I want to send a message to Donald Trump to get the act together. He's disgraceful as a mother, as a teacher. I can't stand the way he acts. And we can do better than him. We can do better. Someone that has good ideas like he has, but not the other nonsense that goes with it. And Lori, can I ask you, I I don't want to cut you off. We do have a short amount of time here. Can I ask you, what is it about what, when you say clean up his act, what is he doing that offends you or that makes you not want to vote for him? He's a circus. He's a circus. I mean, he, he insults people. He's too old also, just like Biden. They're a, a past generation. They're not the future. Nikki Haley, I went up to New Hampshire, saw her yesterday. He is a state's person. Are you worried, though, Lori? Let let me ask you this. Are you worried? Because Nikki Haley has been on every side of every issue. She says one thing and then she says another thing. She's done that when it comes to pardoning Trump. She's very, very supportive of a lot of these foreign wars and sending a lot of money there. Does that worry you? And does it worry you that she might tell you one thing now and then, like she's done so many times before, she might change her mind? It doesn't worry me. I I don't think she's going to win at even. But I think... He needs to know that people are fed up with his nonsense, and I'm I'm doing it as a protest. Now, he's going to be the one. Let's face it. He'll be our nominee. I will vote for him. I'm going to vote for him holding my nose. I can't stand his answer. I'll take it. I'll take Maybe. it, Lori. I, I will take you okay. holding your nose. And I would encourage anyone out there who wants to um, send a message like Lori, when it comes time, Please hold your nose. Please hold your nose because you can say Donald Trump's old like Joe Biden. It's not the same thing. There, there is no, there is no trying to convince me that Donald Trump mentally is at the same point as Joe Biden. I just don't believe that anyone is actually um, buying that. The other thing I tell you is, 
I don't think people feel that way, Lori. I think you're kind of in the minority. I think a lot of people enjoy the fact that Donald Trump is a fighter, enjoy the fact that Donald Trump does say what he thinks. Do I agree that sometimes he crosses a line or sometimes I wish he'd keep his mouth shut? Yeah. But I think for most conservatives, that's part of his appeal. And furthermore, I think... A lot of the things that you're saying about Nikki Haley that make you like her is what make people very weary of her. That she does appeal to a lot of people. And she does seem to be a little bit of a people pleaser and a little squishy. We'll talk more about it when we come back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. You know, I had quoted Sarah Huckabee Sanders to John Davidson because I always loved that line, and it really resonated with me when she responded to Joe Biden's State of the Union. I don't even remember when this was. This was years ago at this point. But she said it's it's not Democrat versus Republican anymore. It's no, it's it's sane versus insane. And you know what? I didn't realize, Jared, I didn't bring that up because of this. But Bill Maher said something very similar recently on HBO. Can I get cut four, please? Could everyone just stop being nutty, completely nutty for five minutes? The battle for the soul of this country isn't right or left. It's normal versus crazy. It's normal versus crazy. And that's what I would say to Lori. That's what I would say to voters who are insistent on making some sort of stance or sending some sort of message to Donald Trump. Take Trump out of it. It, it, You're not voting for Trump. You're voting to save. And I know it sounds dramatic, but you're voting to save this country from what's looking like an inevitable fate here of being doomed. We we cannot keep going along this track. And I understand Trump's not everybody's cup of tea. And, and I didn't want to be too harsh because Lori sounded like a very nice lady and she listens to my show. And, and right there, you're always going to get a little extra dose of niceness from me if you tune into the show. But I would say to people who feel the same way Lori does, get over it. Get over over it. There's too much at stake. Clutch your pearls some other time. Because while you're busy clutching your pearls, Joe Biden and the Democrats are going to destroy this country. And we don't have time for it. We don't have time for it. And and you just, you gotta, you, you gotta get over it. That That would be my advice to you. You have to get over it. The stakes are too high. And you just... If you got to hold your nose, fine. Like, I don't mind to hold your nose. People have done it before. Democrats do it. Democrats always come home. Democrats know how to hold their noses. And maybe Republicans need to learn how to do that a little bit more often. Because if you look back, and that's all you have to do, look back to when Trump was president. Was your life better or worse? And I don't mean when you tune into CNN in the morning or when you be at the coffee shop with your girlfriends talking about what sign you put in your front lawn and and what tweet Donald Trump put out the night before. I'm talking about the bread and butter issues of your life, your safety, your 401k, your border. Were things better or worse? And that's your answer. 
Take out your feelings of how what, what orange man makes you feel like or what you wish he would say or what you wish he wouldn't say. Trust me, I sit here all day and think about things I wish he wouldn't say. I wish he wouldn't go down that road. But that's not how I vote. Let's go to Tim. You're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Tim. Hi, Grace. Thanks for having me again. Uh, Lori, your country, our country was hijacked. We need to take it back. Grace, the reason for my call is I want to talk about the finals. That is the November general election. There will be three finalists. Obviously, number one, well, he's not number one. He's number two, in my opinion. And I mean that exactly the way I say it. The fake president, then you have President Trump, and then you have Kennedy representing the independents. There is a possibility, because of Kennedy's presence in the final, that all three of them might not make the 200 and, excuse me, 270 electoral mark. That's a problem. That's a huge problem because if that doesn't happen, then there's a vote, I believe, it, is it in Congress or the Senate, where they're actually going to decide who the president yeah, I don't think I don't think it's going to come to that, Tim. And we can discuss RFK Jr. if people want to. But I'm actually surprised at how little I've been hearing about him. And obviously, because right now we're focusing on the primary in New Hampshire, he's he would take a back seat naturally because he's not part of it. But even so, I do think that kind of momentum or that energy with RFK Jr. I have seen it taper off a little bit and maybe maybe RFK's people can call in and, and convince me otherwise but I'm not thinking it's going to be as much of a game changer as people were hoping it would be or people maybe thought it would be that's just my take if it does come down to that Tim will cross that bridge but right now I think that's a little far off let's go to Michael you're up next on the Grace Curley show go ahead Michael yes Grace uh, it's been um, unbelievable like I knock on doors I've been to all the events uh, it's been it's been crazy. I've been seeing a lot of different races. I mean, he's just the people's president. When you go to the events, I mean, the atmosphere is godly. It's love. It's family. I tell you, I've seen people stop and Trump pray over Trump throughout the campaign. Um, I've seen people, even uh, Portsmouth, okay, the other day, Trump was late because he was in court all day. And he was two hours late. And people actually were knew about it in the room, and were praying over, praying for Trump. I seen people praying; it's unbelievable. Yeah, I and saw a guy say yesterday to know. Trump, "I'm praying for you," and he he said back to him, "I'm praying, uh, I'm praying for you too." But you know what, Michael? Something you just said, and this got me thinking: is Trump was late because he had a, a court date. Trump's had a few of these situations where he's had to be in court. But here's here's actually here's actually the fine detail. There's a lot of these court dates he does not have to be at, but he's going because he knows and he's it's a brilliant move and he should keep doing this. He doesn't have to be there, but he's going because he knows it's a boost to his numbers. He knows it's a boost to the energy that his team and that his the MAGA movement already has so much energy, but every time he comes out and says, I couldn't, I'm going to be late for this because they have me in court because, you know, they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at me right there. It's another rush of blood to this already very, very pumped up base. And so that was something I didn't even think about until I was watching some of the coverage this weekend. 
And, and one of the talking heads said he doesn't have to be at a lot of these, but it's it's helping him so much that he keeps going. As far as what you said about different races and, and people of all different walks of life, the Biden camp is starting to get panicky about black voters. They're they're losing black voters based off recent polls. And I even saw uh, Jim Clyburn recently. I think he was on with Joe Scarborough saying that he is nervous. Of course, he doesn't blame any of this on Joe Biden or on Democrats. He blames it on the MAGA Supreme Court. But if Trump can get even just a little slice of of percentage of minority voters in his tent, that could be enough for him. Like that, that could really be the game changer here. And I would argue that a big factor in why minorities are starting, because because I, I was reading Jim, Jim Clyburn's explanation of this and why he thinks people are turning on Joe Biden and the Democrats, why he thinks black voters specifically are turning on Joe Biden. And he mentioned the MAGA Supreme Court. He mentioned a few other things. And he left off, and I actually found it a little offensive, he left off so many of the fundamental parts of people's lives. And that wouldn't matter if you were black or white or whatever race you are or whatever gender you are. He left off the the biggest issues. Like, he left off immigration. I have found... From from the stories I've been reading and reporting on that illegal immigration is something that is really resonating and really energizing minorities right now. They are not happy with the fact that, for example, their children are being kicked out of school so that the schools can be used as migrant shelters. That's an issue that is resonating and that is is helping Donald Trump gain support where he otherwise might not get it. Uh, the economy, another huge one. What, what do you think is affecting black voters more, the economy or the MAGA Supreme Court? I know which one I would choose in that situation. 844-500-4242. Let's go to Tim. You're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Tim. Hi, Grace. Great show as always. Long time listener. Um, I'm up here in New Hampshire. I've lived here for 10 years now, extra Massachusetts, where my account so much happy to be up here. Um, I was coming into this looking for anybody but Trump. I just felt that he was too divisive. And um, as somebody else said earlier, hold their nose and vote for him. Well, I never felt that way. I was looking for somebody else. The Republican Party didn't put up anybody that I thought was even close to what I was looking for. Now, I follow this and I watch everything, and I've been listening to Trump speak the last month and a half, and he has really turned it up and turned the corner for being the, um, you know, the whole last election, which you all know was stolen. We're going to let that go and win this election. This is very important. And um, I was actually leaning a little towards Christie because he put a lot of work in up here, and I like listening to him talk. I think he's real. But I knew that was a waste of vote, that I was willing to give to Christie, knowing that I would vote for Trump when the final election came in. All that being said, once Nikki Haley, who I think is not qualified, I don't want her leading me. I think Trump is going to run away with it up here in New Hampshire. From the more people I talk, Tim, we're quiet. We don't want to talk about. We don't want to talk about. But I'm afraid to put a Trump sticker on my car. Wait, Tim, I, I got to tell you this, and I mean this, I don't mean this disrespectfully at all. 
you would be a great lab study because I've never heard of anything like that. You you support Trump. You, you were open minded. You wanted to see if there was anyone better. You wanted to vote for Christie. But now you find yourself, you know, because Christie's not an option, fully supporting Trump. Thank you for the call, Tim. It's always so interesting. And that's what I love about New Hampshire is that. And this is where I think Democrats really made a mistake here because they didn't realize that by saying that to New Hampshire, like, oh, it's meaningless or, oh, we're just going to skip right to South Carolina. We're not sanctioning this primary. People in New Hampshire are very proud of their state and the role their state plays in this process. And it's the only place, I think, like I remember over the weekend I was watching and um, Shannon Bream was interviewing someone on, someone outside of a DeSantis rally, right? Obviously this was before DeSantis dropped out. And she said, oh, this this voter is waiting in line to see Ron DeSantis. She just came from a Trump event last night, but she's voting for Nikki Haley. And I thought, you can dislike whoever people are choosing, but that's an amazing thing to be that open-minded and that enthusiastic that you're willing to stand outside someplace and hear somebody out, even if you don't think you're going to vote for them, just because you want to do it. And that's why I think uh, New Hampshire is always an interesting thing to watch. And it will be it will be something tonight to see tonight and tomorrow and and just to see how these how these results come in. Eight, four, four, five hundred forty two, forty two. I'm looking at Fox right now. Caroline Levitt is talking about Nikki Haley. We know how she feels about Nikki Haley. She never minces words about that. Ron, you're up next on the Grace Curley show. Go ahead, Ron. Grace, hello. How are you? Good. What's going on? I just wanted to give a quick uh, synopsis. I was at the uh, Manchester Saturday night rally with a good friend of mine. And um, I'm a big uh, concert guy, entertainment guy. And um, that was the, one of the most um, interesting political rallies that I've ever been to. Um, it was probably closer to a concert than a political rally. And um, there was a lot of energy Trump was sharp. He was on point. There's a lot of stuff going around saying that he's slurring his words and messing up like uh, Biden and Obama and Nikki Haley and Pelosi. But there could also be a lot of deep fakes out there. I'm suspicious of that kind of stuff. But um, he, there was nothing at that rally that would indicate to me that he was off his game at all. It was a, it was like a once in a lifetime because once uh, once Tuesday's over, then it's going to be harder to see him. You probably have to jump on an airplane. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I did hear that he, he mixed up Nikki Haley, Nancy Pelosi. Some people thought he was doing it on purpose so that the left would finally have to admit that Nancy Pelosi was in charge of security on January 6th. But I agree with you. I don't think there's any question that he's still sharp. I mean, I'm, I mess things up all the time here and I'm 31 years old. So it happens to people, especially if you're talking as often as Trump is versus Biden, who's not talking at all. So I definitely think that that's something. And as far as the energy goes, what's really amusing to me is that you have all these people, right, who go from running against Trump, Tim Scott's a good example, to then joining the campaign. And you can tell that especially for Republicans who have never been, if we're all being honest with ourselves, we've never been part of the cool kids club. You know, it's always Obama had all that celebrity kind of mystique. You have all of these big uh, Hollywood people who love Democrats. It's never been like that for Republicans. We're always kind of like, you know, fine, whatever. You can tell that for these politicians who've been doing this their whole lives, they joined Trump on some of these event stops and they like it. 
they like the energy. They like feeling like a rock star. I saw a cut of Tim Scott, or I think I listened to it today on the Daily Wire, and he was shouting, you know, it's, it's you've got to vote for Donald Trump. And I thought, if he had had this kind of energy on his own campaign, he might have had a better showing. But you could feel that he was excited to be part of something. He was excited to feel, like that caller said, like a rock star. And that is very unique. And uh, no one's really been able to do it like that since Donald Trump came on the scene. 844-500-4242. And, you know, the, the thing about DeSantis, too, is that I'm seeing now. I watch the rumble cam. I see what you're all saying. Oh, now she's going to pretend to be Trump. I've never been anything but straight with you guys about how I feel about Donald Trump, how I feel about Ron DeSantis, how I feel about the primaries. I said from the beginning, if Trump's the guy, I'm in 100%. That was always my stance. So you can say I'm a flip-flopper. You can say, oh, she's joining the bandwagon. I have no regrets as far as anything goes. I told you how I felt every step of the way. I will continue to do that. Nasa Beach Inn has just opened up reservations for winter getaways. And Jared, you actually stayed at the Nasa Beach Inn. And it was around this time of year. And I think that people underestimate Cape Cod in the off season, which is actually one of my favorite times to visit because you get all of the beauty and the magic of Cape Cod without the traffic, without the crowds. It's like you get this little piece of paradise and it's a little bit less stuffy. Yeah, it's it's very tranquil down there this time of year and the nasa beach inn is extra tranquil because every room has a fireplace and there's a big picture window looks out you get incredible views of the ocean and so you get that that winter coziness that you're looking for when you get away and then you step outside and i mean your steps from the beach you can walk along the beach you can actually hear the waves something you can't do in the summer you can feel the wind it's pet friendly if you want to just bring your dog they can walk or run along the beach and you just relax then you can come back you can relax by a fire pit because they have outdoor fire pits so if you want to stay warm and watch the stars at night the moonrise or you know go out have your coffee earlier in the morning watch the sunrise by the fire pit that's what we did it's the perfect tranquil getaway for you and right now you can stay at the Nasi Beach Inn for an unbelievable price. I'm talking under $200 this winter. Don't delay. This is such a wonderful place to stay. And you deserve it. You deserve a little bit of time to unplug, to unwind, and to just have fun. So what you want to do is go to NossetBeachInn.com to book your room today. That's NossetBeachInn.com. We'll be right back with your calls. This is The Grace Curley Show. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. We will continue to take calls in the 2 o'clock. I know people have a lot of opinions on how Ron DeSantis dropping out is going to affect Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. I tend to think the votes are going to go Trump's way, but that's what our poll question is. And you can vote in that at gracecurleyshow.com. Today's poll question is brought to you by Colette Tours and the November 16th listener getaway to Iceland with Caroline Levitt, who was just on my TV while I'm here in the studio. For more information, go to gracecurleyshow.com and click on the listener getaway banner. Jared, what's the poll question and what are the results thus far? Where do you think the New Hampshire DeSantis votes will go? To Nikki Haley or to Donald Trump? I think they'll go to Trump. 
91% of the audience now thinks they'll go to Donald Trump. Now, I, I'm risking this by telling you all and getting you excited. And as you know, sometimes these things don't pan out when it comes to TV. But if all goes as planned, I think I might be on Fox later tonight in New Hampshire with Jesse Waters. And I'm very excited about this. Just wanted to let you know, because sometimes people will say to me, why didn't you give us a heads up? Here is me giving you a heads up and knock on wood. I don't jinx myself and the hit goes off tonight. All right, when we come back, we're talking Fannie Willis, Gavin Newsom, and everything in between. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. 